And a happy Tuesday to you. Welcome on in to Lunch with Claves and Joe. It's the Ameren Illinois Lunch Show here on ClavesOnline.com, powered by Graybar and driven by our friends at Munganass St. Louis Acura. I'm Joe Roderick, joined alongside by Mike Claiborne. And Claves, our uh, friends over there at Acura, actually hung out a bit on Saturday night with Clayton Patterson, the uh, the GM over there at Munganass Acura. I went to the uh, the TMA Trivia Night at St. Gabe's uh, Church and School, and Clayton was there and had a uh, table, so had a chance to talk with him for a uh, for a bit out there. Nice people out there at the uh, Mung and Ash show. We do. I think we finished top five in the trivia. Two. Who was um, on your team? Um, listener Kevin Miller. He won a team, and then he invited me to uh, to join him, and uh, along with my co-host Andy Hanselman. So we uh, we were there with some of his friends and family, and. I'll tell you what, man, uh, Doug Vaughn made the questions up for the blues portion, the blues uh, round, and that one killed us. That was a uh, that was a really tough one on the uh, the blues side of things. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford was at the what table the, next to us. What was the hardest question? So there were, I mean, just a few. Who has, what blues coach has the highest winning percentage of all time? Hmm. Good question. Uh, I would say Joel Quinville, but it's That's probably That's what some- we said. But you know, it's probably some guy who wasn't there as long. It was Hitch. They included both stints. I I guess they did. That's that's what they went with for uh for that. Um, another one who there this this one this one I'm I'm interested to know if you know this. Who was the Blues' first captain? Uh, Al Arbor. That's right. We did not get that one right. I think we put Barkley down for uh for that one well, Barkley came after Al yeah and then uh yeah so so the other ones you know who had the most points or who at Blues player averaged the most points per game in their career their Blues career uh most shorthanded goals things like that for some Just reason I can't hear us. you you did this last time somehow you turned this off last time and uh, you uh now I can't hear you so you have muted yourself Claves, and you turned yourself off as we sit here and talk. Ah, Claves, here you, we are. We're all you, you muted yourself again. Now you can hear me, right? Yeah, everybody. Okay, great. So, <laughs> so yeah, it was a, uh, it was a, even you know, Jeremy Rutherford uh, from the athletic, he was at the table next to ours and uh, caught up with him for a bit too. I think even he said some of the blues ones, he wasn't sure of the answers on some of those. And the man, I mean, has covered the blues for, Probably half his life at this point. Yeah, but you got to be around from day one, like me. Yeah, those kind of questions, I I just lick my chops and just because <laughs> I know I'm gonna get it right because most people in the room aren't that old. Yeah. So overall, a uh, overall good time out there. Good to see. Uh, good. Uh, good to see Clayton out there. Iggy wanted me to tell you to say uh, say hello. He was out there in his uh, big puffy coat already. Mm. Was he participating in the, uh, the uh, Iggy, Iggy should be pretty good at that. The hosts were up there. They each read uh, questions for rounds ah, of okay. it. So Iggy, <clears throat> I think, was in charge of the music trivia round mm, okay. for uh, for that. So I, I don't know what the other round was that Iggy was uh, responsible for. But um, rare, by the way, rare week uh, where baseball doesn't really lead. And I don't know how much baseball we're going to talk on the show today because it really feels like college football. It's a kind of all eyes on that right now with uh, some of the things that have happened uh, over the past week in the uh, in coaching. 
But I think we do need to give Mizzou their props for going in, uh, coming back to Columbia and absolutely dominating Tennessee this past weekend, improving to eight and two on the year. They did a phenomenal job. Uh, as you mentioned, they dominated. And when you think about what UT had done to Missouri the last couple of years, <clears throat> you thought, you know, well, here we go again. But Missouri never let UT breathe. And it just says a lot about how much this program has grown. And now you can't hear me talking either because your microphone is uh, <laughs> is muted. So, uh, Claves, you figure out your microphone uh, situation there. And we will take a uh, quick break and hear from our friends over at Graybar while you figure that out. Let me get this straight. Graybar is a distributor? Yep. For more than 150 years, we supported electrical and datacom projects all over the country. So you can get me products wherever and whenever I need them? Yep. Thanks to our expansive national logistics network. For any industry? Yep. From construction sites and industrial plants to schools, hospitals, and just about everything in between. So you could say Gray Bar is much more than a distributor. Yep, you could say that. Hmm. They really do it all. Yep. I can't hear you. When you need a hand powering, connecting, or maintaining your operations, join the thousands of professionals who rely on Gray Bar to help keep them up and running. Yep. Graybar does that. So, Clips, we dropped uh, off there a little bit as we were talking about Mizzou. And I mentioned, you know, it seems like they are getting, you know, yeah, the, the national ranking's nice. They're ranked 12th now in the, uh, in the country. Didn't really suffer at all in the rankings after losing to Georgia. But you're seeing more and more of those kind of primetime games, too, that they're, that they're getting. CBS wants to feature them at 2.30. Now they're getting a primetime game this next week. And I think that kind of speaks volumes to where how this team right now is being viewed nationally. Well, I think because it's a fun brand of football to watch, too. I mean, you know, what would you rather watch, uh, Missouri at 3 o'clock or Penn State? Right. I mean, it's I think their brand of football, it's it's new, it's fun, it's diverse, you know, with the good running game. And you've got Luther Burden there. So, I mean, you, you have all the things that I think that's what college football is looking for. And with this being CBS's last hurrah, I guess they want to go out with a bang. So they uh, they have Florida coming up this weekend, a six six thirty game this uh, this Saturday back in Columbia take on Florida and they have a chance to uh, beat Florida, beat Arkansas, beat 10 and two going into bowl season. They won't be playing in the SEC championship game, but still a real good chance to play in one of the top bowls and get featured again here in January. Well, anything is better than some of the ones they played in the last few years. There's no doubt about that. So uh, it's a plus for them. It's a plus for for the program. It's certainly a plus for the conference uh, to have so many teams from the SEC playing on New Year's Day or New Year's Eve. So, uh, And not to mention probably having at least one team uh, in the uh, bowl championship series. So it's it's a good year for the SEC. And Missouri, I'm sure, happy to be part of it. So we sit now, uh, big news out of the SEC this past weekend was Texas A&M firing Jimbo Fisher. Uh, and Mississippi deal. State got a guy that they should have never hired. Yep, they, uh, and I, I, I can't imagine that's the last firing that we're going to see out of the SEC this, uh, this offseason. But let's talk about the Jimbo Fisher one because I just, the way that college athletics go about it, I don't know who started this scam that the, these guys are getting these buyouts. $76 million is what Jimbo Fisher is owed because they fired him. But see, it's not that way in every state. Uh, 
I, I know, I believe in Missouri, you get your base for this year and the following year, and that's it. You don't get all the other things that come with it. And we don't know what well, all the things that went into Jimbo's contract that was guaranteed, whether it's a radio show, a TV show, clothing deal, uh, attendance. You know, there's a lot of things that go into it. I, I think those numbers might be inflated just a bit because I don't see how that could be a hard dollar deal. Most deals are not hard dollar deals. And I don't think this one is either. I, I think A&M has probably got some sort of rider in it where they really can't disclose what's going on. We don't know what the state laws are in Texas. So I would just be cautious uh, in floating those numbers out there because I'm not sure if that's what he's going to eventually see. And, and then again, he's in a state with no taxes either. And, and if you read into what has been reported on, this also it's not affected if he takes another job next year too. So he could stack one deal on top of mm -hmm. the other. He could go, he could take that Mississippi state job. He could take, you know, Michigan's job. If that opens up, I mean, he can take one of these jobs and still be collecting money from A&M according to what has been reported on. Yeah, no. And he could take a job on a desk for a TV network also. Which Don't I would imagine that. would be the best route to go yeah. and just have very little stress yeah. and sit there behind in front of a TV until you become the hottest item again in coaching. That's if you want to do it. I mean, Jimbo's yeah. no, he's no spring chicken. So you had to take that into account. But, you know, I just, you know, I don't blame coaches for getting these sort of deals because it's such a volatile business. I mean, in the NFL, you get fired, you get your money. I mean, yeah. so it's, I think it's one of those things where you have to be able to get it while you can. Uh, it didn't work for them, obviously, at AM. And when they came after him, they came after him hard. Uh, but you know what? That's the price you pay. That's why they pay them all the money. And if you, so if you are, I mean, right now they're six and four. They they just came off a, a huge bowl win over, over Mississippi State. I mean, a blowout win, not, not a huge but win. But you know what? I'm going to tell you something, Joe. There, there had to be some underlying issues. You right. Know, seldom do you see a guy get fired after winning. And they, you know, who knows if they have a chance of beating LSU, but they were going to win again in the year. They were going to end up with seven or eight wins in the regular season. If you're another coach now looking at that, how, I mean, what are the expectations for, for a team that has never made it to, that has never been top of the, you know, won a national championship in Texas A&M. Like, what are the expectations? If you're, you could go out there and win eight games and they say, you know what, that's not good enough. We'd rather pay you $70 million than to have you coach our team. That's the, that's the mindset of A&M. You know, the A&M never recovered from when Jackie Sherrill was there. And Jackie Sherrill got caught cheating. They they almost got the death penalty. They were severely hurt for a number of years. They'll always be the little brother of the University of Texas. And, you know, they this is their way of trying to belly up to the bar and let everybody know that they think they're big time. Uh, they've turned out some individuals that have been very good, but overall as a team, they just haven't been able to produce what I think the expectations of their alumni are. Uh, just SEC specific. Uh, so we, you mentioned Mississippi State. Uh, they also have an opening there. That's not a that you know that that's not a attractive landing spot. I mean, yeah, you're in the SEC, but so is Vanderbilt. Right. So Vanderbilt, too. I mean, is that another one that we're going to see another opening there? And I don't think so. I think they'll stay patient there. I mean, everybody knows Vanderbilt's playing behind the eight ball. Uh, but the A&M thing and Mississippi State thing, those teams think they can truly compete. And you know what? They they do a good job of getting good players, but not enough of them. Uh, I'm trying to think. Is there anybody else in the conference you think that could be in trouble? 
I mean, Arkansas is three and seven, but that yeah, coach they, is in his first year, right? Or is he in his uh, second, second year? year. Okay. Yeah. Or is he in his third year? He already. Bielma was there for. Yeah, Bielma was there before him. He replaced Bielma, right? Or no, he Sam, replaced Barry Odom. No, no, no. I'm sorry. He replaced Bielma. Sam Pittman is the uh, the head coach, the current head coach of Arkansas, and he has had that job since 2020. So. I, yeah, I think he's out. He's going to be out too. If it's twenty twenty and they're they're playing the way they are, I think that's another opening. Yeah, I, you know, unfortunately, you're right. Um, you know, the, the the patience that we have now with coaches is not what it used to be. Uh, you know, first it's offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and then they get the coach. So there could be an opening there. But the here's a question for you though. Who are you replacing these guys with? I mean, you're replacing them with fledgling coordinators that come from a hot program, or you're going out getting a guy with head coaching experience. I mean, there's so many things that go into this before you make the decision on who's going to be next to lead our program. And, you know, I, I look at a guy like Willie Fritz, uh, who's been around for a long time. He's 63 years old. I know his name's been mentioned a little bit, but the bottom line is, is he old enough to be able to relate? Yeah, some people thought that was a problem with Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, and right now, I mean, what Tulane is nine and one on yeah. the uh, on the year, so he's going to be real attractive going into the uh, going into the off season. What about Matt Campbell up at Iowa State? I mean, there's a guy. Hey, I tell you another program. Well, that's a different conference. I don't know how Hayden Fry. Hayden, I mean, not Hayden Fry. Kirk Ferentz keeps a job. They just he, annually disappoint the world. But that's another conference for another day. Yeah, But that as one, far as the SEC is concerned, I don't think anyone else – because, you know, they had that bloodletting a few years ago with Florida and South Carolina. Lane Kiffin comes in. Uh, you know, there were some other programs that kind of kind of right it their way. Uh, so I don't know if we're going to see a big turnover, but we know of at least two. Yeah, uh, the other one I was—I I went to look up real quick too. James Madison, right now they're ten and zero on the uh, on the year. I would imagine ten and zero and nowhere to go. Right, but and that's you know for for a head coach, that's what you're looking at. You just yeah, you that's know, true. You took a team to an undefeated, so that's another yeah, one. Right? You know, we had a we guy from to... Appalachian State that did that. You're exactly right with somebody yeah. else's players. Yeah, so it's you know but you'll we'll see. Oh, over the next few weeks, you're seeing these teams that are firing these guys right now. So they get the jump now on going out there and finding these new guys that once their season ends here in two weeks, they don't have to stick around for the Bulls. They don't care to stick around for the Bulls. They'll get a new job in December yeah. and start looking at that and be on the sidelines with their new teams. You know, what's the most dangerous thing about that for the most guy who's in the most trouble is the coordinator who has to take over. He'll win that game if it's a bowl game. And then all of a sudden he thinks he should be in line for the job. A lot of times it just doesn't work. I mean, you know, you think about sports. Uh, think about how many guys took over for a coach in midseason or whatever who was already there that went on to win. Now, I, I thought, well, hockey, you have Craig Berube when he took over. Uh, but, you know, it normally doesn't work well, especially in football. I, I, I'm rooting for Antonio Pierce with the Raiders. But, you know, the, the owners or the athletic directors, whatever, who does the hiring, they always look over your head because they, they see you every day and they don't know if you can do it. The players will be behind you until you piss them off. And then all of a sudden you, you have no friends. Mm -hmm. 
we will uh, we'll see how that plays out over the next few weeks. Let's take a, another short break. When we come back, we'll jump into the NFL discussion here on the Ameren Illinois Lunch Show with Claves and Joe here on ClavesOnline.com. Are you ready for a challenging and rewarding career? There are quality jobs in the construction industry. I got out of college and my career choices were very limited and this provided me with a plan for the present and the future at the same time. I actually have a bachelor's degree in psychology and I was making less than I make as a first year apprentice painter. I didn't go to college. I have no college debt. I make more money than the majority of people I know that went to college. Take your first step towards a rewarding career. Visit stlouispdf.org. Clabes, we saw week 10 of the NFL season come and go. Uh, oh. Before we before we get into any of the actual games, we saw the uh, the second week of a game in Germany. I don't know if you saw the uh, the video of the way the roof comes on and off the, uh, the field out there. That's uh, that that's some really really just ingenious uh, engineering that goes into uh, that. That was really cool. Yeah, I thought I agree with you, but, but you have to think. At some point, American ingenuity is going to have to take a page out of the European playbook with regard to facilities. Uh, I know we were in London. That stadium didn't do anything to wow me. But I'm sure there are some stadiums where they're obviously soccer-driven that have come up with a couple of wrinkles or two that might be pretty hip here in the States. And I I think that's what we're looking at next because I'm not sure, you know, when you look at retractable roofs and luxury boxes and things of that nature. I don't know what the next step is going to be, especially the NFL, because, you know, that that has turned into be the true TV sport. And you might want to build smaller than larger with regard to your facility. Yeah, if only we would have given them, uh, given the country a good game for that uh, for that second week. I'm telling you, this, and I know we had, what, six games decided by field goals, last yeah. second field goal. I thought this I, – I think the NFL is at an all-time low. It's hard to watch. It's very hard to watch. And is it good defenses or is it incompetent play on offense? I mean, like the Buffalo Bill game uh, with Denver. I mean, Buffalo was like, no, you take it. We'd like for you guys to have the win. I mean, you know, and they fire a coach over it, but I don't know if that's all coaching. And I think we see that more and more throughout the league. It's just a poorly played game. Maybe it's poorly coached. I don't know, but it's it's hard for me to watch an entire game. You know what game shocked? I I mean, when you looked at paper, when you looked at the schedule this past weekend, you would have thought that 49ers-Jaguars would have been the game of the week. The way the Jaguars had been playing the last few weeks, the 49ers back to full health for the most part, you would have thought that would have been the, the best game. Lions Chargers, man, that one, that game was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. And defense, yeah, might have been a little shaky on it, but watching those two teams go back and forth for everything that I thought was wrong about Dan Campbell when he took the job up there in Detroit, he has got those guys playing behind him and playing really, really good football. But you know what? Let's back up and talk about him for a second. Other than him saying he wants to bite the kneecaps off of people. I don't know where he's gone wrong. And 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 I'll and I'll flip that coin the other way. The guy they hired in Philadelphia, whose press conference was not an embracing one, uh, has got nothing but the best team in the league. So I, I think sometimes we we run with the first impression. I think we have to look at the whole body of work. I, I think what what Campbell has done, Brad Holmes, former Ram alum, as far as working in the front office there as an intern in the PR department. 
uh, what they've been able to amass has been something fun to watch. And uh, I, I think sometimes we just get a little carried away with those those press conferences. Because remember, most of these head coaches, these new head coaches, have never had any legitimate media training because their head coach does all the talking. Yeah. And, and I think once you get in that under that light, uh, it can be a game changer for a lot of people. And it's cost some guys their job. You might interview well. But you may not be a good interviewee when it comes to sitting in a room with lights and cameras and people who are going to ask you telling questions. And uh, yeah, and when you look at somebody who's had multiple chances, I mean, let's let's look at Josh McDaniels, uh, a guy like that now who yeah. has come up and should have learned everything the right way under a coach like Bill Belichick, who had was such a winner for so much of his career, and then they give him the chance in Denver. Well, he doesn't, he, dropped, he doesn't learn anything media skill-wise because no. Bill didn't have any. Uh, yeah, he drops the ball in, in Denver after getting off to a, a decent start there. Then agrees to the Colts, backs out of the Colts, goes to Vegas. That that ends poorly, too. And, I I mean, is he going to get another – what's – no. go back to New England? Is I he going to get that. another chance? Like, what is – what's next for Josh McDaniels? Um, No, I don't see that. Just uh, done. Just I, I done. mean, you know what? He's just, just done. I mean, I guess the question is, what does he really, I mean, falling under the Brady umbrella, what has he really done? Right. He won so, a few games with Tim Tebow as his quarterback. A few. Not yeah. enough Not enough to keep his job. Right. Exactly. So I, I think maybe he would have been a good play caller with a great quarterback. You mentioned uh, last night's Bills game. The uh, the Broncos win 24-22 over the the Buffalo Bills. Bills now sit at 5 and 5 on the uh, on the season once Super Bowl contenders. I don't believe at the moment they are yeah, they are on the outside looking in of the uh, of the playoffs. Same with the Cincinnati Bengals too. Um as you look at this, right? I mean, I know we talk about it every week, but I, I don't think there is a clear-cut overall favorite in that AFC right now? I think Kansas City, because of their experience, you can't overlook. You know, Baltimore had a hiccup this week, but I think they're a team to be reckoned with um, because they can do a few more things on offense now. Their defense has been pretty solid, and they have the best kicker in the game. Uh, Jacksonville's one too. Jacksonville's one too that I want. Is it a hiccup? Are the are we back to seeing the 49ers just being so dominant and that's what happened? Or like which which Jacksonville team yeah. did we see this past Sunday? I think you saw a hell of a defense from from the 49ers, is what you saw. And, and it, isn't it interesting? You had the first pick in the draft in uh kid from Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, and you had the last guy in the draft. Brock Purdy. Brock yeah. Purdy. <laughs> I mean, you got opposite ends of the spectrum, but it just goes to show you if you have the right weapons and a good team and really more of a good defense, you can be a pretty productive player in this league. The problem is there aren't enough of them because I think quarterback play and play calling is 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 it's abominable. It, it is just so hard to get these guys to execute. Uh, and to me, the game is simpler to play. Now, you may have more things that complicate it, but I don't know. I haven't seen anything defensively that we wouldn't have seen 10 years ago or 15 years ago. And I blame the coaches more than anything else for outthinking themselves a lot of times. 
The um, yeah, one guy that'll be real happy later on this week will be Howard Richards. His Dallas Cowboys looked really, really good. Wait a minute, uh, against hold, the, uh, the Giants. What? What? How can? They, who doesn't look good against the Giants? The Giants. The Giants. The Cowboys <laughs> have almost scored a hundred points against them in two games. So Dak, let's take that off the table. Dak with another four hundred yard passing Joe, game too. That is Joe. You could have two hundred and fifty <laughs> yards against the Giants. That is it. Oh, that might be the biggest train wreck in the NFL. All right, then here, let me talk about this as far as impressive from the quarterback position. How about Josh Dobbs in Minnesota right now? Doing a nice job. Solid running game. And they're doing about their best receiver. There's a team that really has come together. And I, I think one of the things about that team, the whole Kirk Cousins thing, if for some reason he's a distraction. And I don't know why. He's a, he's a decent player. Uh, but it just seems like everybody's rooting against him. But you know what I think they've done with Dobbs? Uh, they they took a guy who was learning the playbook. They found a half a dozen, maybe 10 plays that they can use. He's just moving a tight end one side or the other and putting somebody in motion, and he's very comfortable with it. But the running game doesn't hurt them. I mean, that's the other thing you have. In, in, when in doubt, hand it off, man. And I think Minnesota could be a team that could be reckoned with down the stretch. I'm not going to tell you they can win the league or, or get to the Super Bowl or anything like that. But they're certainly a playoff contending team. We will take a break here on Lunch with Klaibs and Joe. I don't even think I was able to get to my point earlier. I was going to say one person who should be happy with the Cowboys' victory would be Howard Richards, and we'll hear from him on Thursday Listen, at Huddle Up with Howard. If the Cowboys have a good practice, Howard thinks, here we go. It's a, you're, here we go. You, you took off with him last Thursday because you were traveling. I'm pretty sure I'm filling in for you again this Thursday. So let's not let, let's not take shots at the man and then you're no, not I mean, hey, listen. <laughs> he's my guy. What I'm saying now is something he's already heard. And, you know, we all have our favorite teams. I, I guess the difference between me and a lot of people, I don't have favorite teams anymore. I just like watching good teams play. Yeah, I didn't run out and buy a bunch of Kansas City Chiefs stuff. Uh, I don't have uh, Tom Landry's hat tacked on my wall. Uh, I'm not that guy. I just like watching good teams play. Uh, and I'm not a fancy guy, so I don't have that ulterior motive either. You know, if you go out and play the game well, I'm going to say, hey, good job. But I don't, I'm not like, here we come. Here we go. I'm, that's not me. Okay. Well, we'll talk to him. I'm a little on, different uh... when it comes to that. We'll talk. I mean, he, you know, to be fair, I mean, he did play for him. So, uh, well, you know, well, he's he, got yeah. as much reason to root for him as anyone. Right. And I respect that. I mean, he played for him and it was yeah. a good player for them. Exactly. So we'll, we'll hear from him on Thursday. Huddle up with Howard uh, comes your way each and every week here on Claves uh, Online. Take a uh, break. Wrap things up. A little baseball, a little hockey right here on the Ameren Illinois Lunch Show with Claves and Joe, powered by Graybar, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura here on Claves Online. Hi, everybody. I'm Peter Munganass with Munganass St. Louis Acura. Here to talk to you today about some benefits of Acura's certified pre-owned program. After passing a 182-point multi-point inspection, Acura backs all of our certified pre-owned cars with a six-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty and a seven-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Munganass St. Louis Acura has new inventory arriving daily. Come on into Munganass St. Louis Acura today, meet our award-winning team, and find that perfect certified pre-owned Acura for you. Back here on the Ameren, Illinois Lunch Show. And Claves, yesterday you and I uh, took a little field trip uh, with the folks of Ameren, Illinois. Uh, if you remember, a few months ago, I went out there uh, with them to see what it was like to be uh, 
spent a day as a linesman. Yesterday, we learned uh, more about gas leaks as folks are starting to turn their furnaces on, weather's getting a little colder, and some of the telltale signs to make sure that you are not in danger of a gas leak in your home. You know, I'm, I'm anxious for everybody, <clears throat> excuse me, to see uh, our video here coming up here fairly soon, because I don't think people have an understanding of how effective or how natural gas and just the carbon carbon monoxide can take a hold and you could be in big trouble and not even know it. Uh, so it was very informative. I think it's something everybody will appreciate if you have gas in your home. And there are a lot of people, there's over 800,000 people in Southern Illinois that have gas appliances in their home. So it's one of those things that you probably ought to be paying attention to. And then maybe if you have electric, maybe you know someone with gas. And I think after you see what we were able to put together, you'll appreciate it, much like the fact they may save someone's life down the road. Clabes, let's uh, wrap this up. Uh, not a whole lot of baseball to talk about at the moment. The only team that has well, a, we had some uh, managers get hired. And I was going to say the only relations yeah. Ron Washington, uh, very deserving. Uh, I know that people. Well, he's seventy-one. Well, okay, he's seventy-one, but but washes out there every day working on infield drills for his guys, which is one of the reasons why Dansby Swanson won a Gold Glove. Uh, he's a really good baseball man. And I know that there were some other jobs that he had looked at before. And I think people kind of turned their back on him. But here's a guy who got to the World Series twice. Mm-hmm. He's one fly ball away from being a World Series champion. Yep. And, you know, so he didn't forget anything. And I think Washington's going to do a nice job. I don't know what his team's going to look like because I know Otani's going to look around and see what he wants to do. Hopefully he'll have a healthy Mike, Mike Trout and a Rondon. But, you know, overall, I think he'll do a good job. And he's going to have a good staff out, out, out with the Angels as well. Uh, Stephen Volk is an interesting hire. Uh, I won't say he's Mike Matheny-like, but Volk paid attention to the game because he got a year of experience as coach as far as a coach is concerned. Uh, but I think he'll do a good job in Cleveland. They've got some good young players. Uh, they just need a hair more pitching, and they could be fun to watch. And, you know, with regard to Craig Council, uh, obviously a shock to everybody that that went down the way it did. Uh, it looks like Pat Murphy may end up with the job in Milwaukee. Yep. I'll tell you one thing. This this division has just got a whole lot more spirited with some of the hires that have taken place. I think when you look at the managers, whether it's Ollie or David Bell or Derek Shelton and the two hires that we just saw take place, uh, this is going to be a pretty interesting division. Yeah, there's gonna be some guys uh, gonna flat out not like each other before this season. (laughs) I mean, it's one thing to go out there and get who you consider to be the best manager in baseball and Craig Council, but as of right now, I mean, the Cubs lost some pieces. The Cubs have to figure out who they lost Bellinger right right now. Bellinger is not a Chicago Cub. I mean, he's a free agent. If are they going to bring him back? And if they don't. Are they going to replace him? And then you hear the rumors that the Cubs are going to be real aggressive on Shohei Otani. I that if that happens, Claves, that flips the division upside down. What happens if they trade for Pete Alonso? Who are they trading away? And what else do they do to build around him? Is that is Pete Alonso just enough well, to put hold, in the middle of that order? Yeah, you got a, you got two two Gold Glove infielders. Uh, you got Alonso. You got a pretty good outfield with Ian Happ and. Uh, yeah, center fielder whose name escapes me. I mean, I think they have a good nucleus. Morrell. Yeah, who can play virtually anywhere. Yeah, I think they have a good nucleus. Yeah, uh, they could. They be just brought out Pete Crow Armstrong last year, their yeah. top prospect at the end of the year. And you know, they may kick the tires on a third baseman. 
So this is a team you better be, you know, when they say they're going to be aggressive, I don't see why they wouldn't because they're, they're a couple of pieces away from being legit. Uh, pitching, I still going to need some help. What, what, what staff doesn't need help? So, you know, I still think Cincinnati might be the team we better all pay attention to in this division. But Chicago's certainly going to move up the ladder. You know, I think the only team that, that will regress is Milwaukee. I mean, I think Pittsburgh is going to be better if they have a healthy O'Neill Cruz and they got a third ba- a third baseman who want to go gloves. So, I mean, mm-hmm. they've got some interesting pieces as well. So it, this division may go from worse to maybe not first, but certainly more competitive. The uh, yeah, as we sit and wait for uh, for any kind of movement, whether it be trades or free agency, you mentioned all the managerial moves. Pa- Padres, the only team that has an opening. Uh, we've heard Mike Schilt's name. In, We've been hearing Mike Schilt's name for the last two and a half weeks. I don't know what's going on with that. It seems like they're interviewing everybody. Maybe they feel like they already know enough about Mike Schilt, and maybe they want somebody to change their mind on him. But, you know, Mike Schilt certainly could be a good manager again. He was a good manager when he was here. Uh, and I think he'll be a good manager in San Diego. Now, what that team looks like after this offseason, who knows? Because right. apparently haters are free agent. You hear Soto's name mentioned a little bit. Uh, and there's some other players that you might want to move. So, and you have uh, their left-handed pitcher who may be on the move as well. So, uh, that that team, yeah, you, I mean, that team could have some some uh, a very interesting look. Klabes, uh let's end in hockey. I went to the uh, actually we got out to the Blues game last Thursday night. Ran into a, a few listeners said that they've. Uh, asking about the stuff that we do here on Klabes Online. Thursday night games. It's a fun night out at the uh, at Enterprise Center and saw one of the most exciting games of the season up until that point. Uh, Blues and Coyotes down to the wire there with a 2-1 win for the Blues, and then they go and score eight goals in Colorado on Saturday. <laughs> you know, when I saw the score on my phone, I thought it was a miscue. I mean, because the I Blues just, hadn't even been competitive against Colorado the last few outings. And, I just and kept getting updated. Yeah, I just kept getting update after update after update that there were goals. And, and you know what? I was a little surprised that Colorado didn't play a little bit more physical. They, they got a couple of guys in that team that that, that good scrappers. And I was a little surprised that once Colorado started to get embarrassed, they didn't want to send a message to the Blues. But that's the direction of the game now. Uh, guys don't send messages. The guys don't do anything to fire their teammates up. Uh, but we'll take the two points and, and be thankful. The uh, But the one thing that just stood out so abundantly clear on Thursday night, the power play was whew, it was bad. 0 for 7 on Thursday nights. At one point had two full minutes of five on three that they uh, that they failed to do anything with. It, uh, it, it was real bad. And I, I don't know what quick fix you make to that. Well, you got to move your feet a little bit more. You have to have some people – go to the net. And I think when you have your power play struggling, guys squeeze the stick a little tighter, maybe don't take the shot they need to and then shoot when they shouldn't. Uh, you know, it, it, there's a lot of things that go into it. Um, but, you know, if you're good five on five, you, you can weather the storm. And I, I think maybe what they have to do is kind of scale back on the tinkering. Mm-hmm. Let them play. They let them play at this point. I think that's something you got to have a, a, a more of a commitment to. Uh, but I'm not really worried about the power play at this time of the year. Let's let's, let's give it a little bit more time. Claims, that's going to wrap up our show for today. As we mentioned, Howard Richards with Huddle Up with Howard later on this week. I believe Rammer and I are going to talk a little free agent baseball 
uh, as well when we find the time this week. And, of course, Rammer and Rock uh, restarted. Two-man game for the third season. And, Klaibs, in uh, just a matter of minutes, too, uh, you are going to talk with comedian Greg Warren. Uh, St. Louis is Looking forward to it. This weekend, and we'll get that up as soon as possible on the website as well. So lots of stuff coming your way here on Klaibs Online all week long as we wrap up today's Ameren, Illinois Lunch Show, powered by Ameren and Gray Bar and driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. He is Mike Claiborne. I'm Joe Roderick. We'll talk to you next time right here on ClaibsOnline.com. There's always been a bright side to living in downstate Illinois. Ameren, Illinois is making it even brighter with a little help from the sun. Right now, we're building a next-generation solar facility to bring you cleaner energy for generations to come. It's good for the environment, your neighborhood, and everyone living in downstate Illinois. That's brighter thinking. That's energy at work. Learn how you can participate in solar programs at AmarinIllinois.com.